cold this morning. All right. Sunglasses on. Seat belt. Locked. <clears throat> Welcome to Jeff in Motion. Monday edition. It is 7.04 in the morning, and I'm leaving for work. It is Monday, April... Oh, what day of the year... Uh, month is it? April 22nd. Um, we created a uh, Popular Outcast Productions Network jingle that we're going to put at the top of most of our podcasts. Not this one, though, because as part of the Jeff in Motion mission statement, none of these episodes are edited in any way. It is just raw what I say to you in my car on my way to work. No, bird, don't! Oh, we almost had a tragedy there. Almost had a tragedy. Um, yeah... I fucked up shaving yesterday. Now I've got a fucking baby face. Round baby face. No beard. I don't like it. No, sir. Now my beard gives me my jawline. Which I know is cheating. I know. But. I'm not a fan of the naked face. But fortunately. I'll have scruff in a couple days. I don't get a decent beard for a few weeks. Because I'm German and not Italian, you lucky bastards. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't write this down on my list, but it's at the top of my head. <coughs> um, this is more for the parents and the to-be parents in the audience. Um, oh, before I talk about that, I'll talk about the audience. Um, episode 2 had, as of last night around 11pm, 68 downloads, which is great for being released in the evening on a Friday. Uh, so that, that makes me happy that I've got a handful of listeners. Um, I don't need a lot. I don't need a lot. I don't expect this show to be for... A lot of people. Ah! 70! We hit 70. Awesome. So I've got... So that falls between our 50 and 100 that we were estimating uh, on Friday. So 70. Awesome. And granted, that's only two days. I usually wait for a week to call that dedicated fans. And, I mean, just because we've got two to 300 for the popular outcasts, uh, I'm getting almost, I'm getting close to half that, uh, well, close to half of two, which is impressive. So, awesome. Awesome. Uh, before I go on to the parenting story, I guess I'll talk about the popular Outcast Productions Network, uh, a little more. 
we've got five podcasts running now, which is great. Um, I kind of talked a little bit about the history of it on Friday. Uh, but I, we are going to be adding another podcast this week. Uh, a little sneak peek for you guys. On Wednesday, it's the, I believe... Shit, what is it called? Not the Sounds of Silence. Uh, it's another name like that, though. Let me look it up real quick while I'm driving in my car. Oh, hey, I forgot to sing the Jeff in Motion theme song. Jeff in motion. He's driving to work and talking to himself. Yeah, Mondays. Okay, it is Sound of Life. Sound of Life. How did I forget that? With Mike Van Cleve of the three the hard way podcast fame is starting a podcast on the popular outcast productions network or poppin that i as i would like to dub it um it is he and his i believe 18 or 19 year old daughter talking about music which it's a very unique perspective someone right in that key demographic 18 year old girl for like pop music and then he, I believe, is 37, so he's got his perspective. I haven't listened to an episode yet. I'm waiting to listen when it drops. But Mike Bennett listened and absolutely loved it. So, I'm excited. And we're going to be getting that launched for this Wednesday. There's a little sneak peek for a new music-related podcast coming out. We're in talks with... Uh, some people who wish to remain anonymous because they've got banks where if they find if their bosses find out that they're saying the F word on the line, they might lose their job. Uh, but they want to do a sports podcast. Uh, I probably will. It will probably be the first podcast we put out that I don't listen to. Not because I dislike them. I just am not into sports at all. So uh, whatever. Um, but we're we set out that we don't have to. Be the target demographic for podcasts we put out. As long as they hold up to a certain level of quality, uh, we're cool. We're cool. So that's a sneak, sneak peek. We don't have any kind of date for that or even a name for the podcast yet. Um, speaking of three the hard way, I'm kind of surprised they haven't uh, reached out to join Popular Outcast Productions yet. Um, but, you know, they're, they've been established. Uh, we tried to help them out way back when they are having uh, server issues. But, they, you know, they established themselves and they're good. Uh, they've congratulated us on it. But, I mean, okay, three the hard way. Our bodies are ready. You just need to ask permission. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, guys. Uh, I love the three the hard way podcast. Our opinions are not the same on a lot of things. But they're still funny, and they're, you can tell they're decent guys deep down. Now, that business is out of the way. Where was I? I'm still recording, right? That would be tragic. All right. <clears throat> parents. Or to-be parents. Or people who think I'm interesting. There's a game that you play as a parent. Uh, it comes in around... Well, I mean, it can start at any time, but once it starts, you're constantly playing this game. That is called... Well, no, no, I'll, I'll do a story to intro it, then we'll, we'll start... Uh, I'll tell you about the game. Uh, it usually starts around between two and three years old, 
with the child. Aislinn and Morgan, my wife and daughter respectively, are watching Dora. It's an episode where they're going through the alphabet and naming animals that go with the letters. It'll, there'll be a letter on the screen and a silhouette of an animal. They've been going through, been going through the alphabet. Morgan's been hitting the nail on the head every time, which is great. She's great at categories. Like, she's great with numbers, as what numbers are, and counting up to 20. She's great with words, like labels, like what's this, what's that, what's this. She just is not very conversational yet. She's getting there. Anyway, I digress. So they get to J, and it's a silhouette of a jaguar. All right. Awesome. So there's a jaguar silhouette. It's a big cat silhouette. Let's be honest with ourselves. And Morgan, seeing the silhouette of a big cat, says, Puma. Now, I've never... So now, Aislinn is now part of the game. The who taught her that game. Uh, and I'm, I'm guessing it would be to who taught him that for parents with young boys. But the who taught her that game. Because Aislinn never taught her what a puma was. So now, she sits there and it's like, who taught you that? So I get home. She tells me that exact story. And she's like, did you teach her that? I'm like, no. We talked to my parents, who she spends a lot of time with, uh, once a week at least. And we're like, did you teach her puma? And they're like, no. So we're like, okay. Who taught you that? And with something like that, you can write it off to a TV show. Like, maybe she was watching Diego, and he taught her Puma. But I became part of the Who Taught You That game this weekend in a way that was rather hilarious and surprising. And uh, we still don't have an answer for Who Taught Her This. Uh, She... Little side story... She had a bit of a potty training rebellion last week. She somehow got it in her head that pooping was bad. Probably because we associate uh, pooping with things we don't want her to touch, like stinky and dirty, uh, because her, in her infinite curiosity, will try and touch anything. So we're like, nope, don't, that's, don't. So she got it in her little head that pooping itself was bad and not the touching of poo. So, this is the kind of stuff you've got to deal with when you have kids. Uh, so, there's just a, <laughs> a little teaser for you parents to be. She, so she w- we'd, she'd have to go, we'd have to go and she'd end up peeing her pants because she was concentrating all day on not pooping. And I would try and sit her on the toilet and she'd just be like, no, no stinky, no, yuck, yuck. And I'm like, hunt. So, wait, this was like, oh shit, what do we do now? And basically, what it was is we just really, really, really over praised her for using the potty. Just high fives and hugs and yes. And like, we've been doing that before, but we just, I just laid it on as thick as I could. And uh, really, she. Never really embraced flushing before, but she got into the process of flushing to the point where it actually became a detriment because now she will go to the potty 
two to three times an hour just so she can flush. But I'll take that over peeing her pants any day. Because uh, for the first time, she peed her pants in public, which she was in Giant, a uh, local grocery store. They have these carts that have little cars on the front, uh, which have slots in the bottom for probably exactly this occurrence. Uh, Morgan pees her pants while riding this car, and we trail baby urine from one end of the aisle to another. So, that's great to turn around and see just a trail of liquid all the way down, ending under your cart, and you're just like, what? So, anyway, that was last weekend. Oh, man. Someday Morgan might listen to this. You were a pain in the butt, kiddo. You were a pain in the butt. But we love you because, well, biology makes us love you. But you're pretty awesome. So, anyway. This weekend. So, she's been using the potty a lot now. Which is great. It's great. I'll gladly pause my game of Mario Brothers or Rayman to take her up to the potty. Because that's it's important. It's important. It's Saturday night. Uh, about half an hour before bedtime, she says, pee-pee potty, pee-pee potty. I'm like, oh, shit, pee-pee potty, all right, let's go, let's go upstairs. She finishes peeing, and for the first time, she hasn't done this before or since, she puts all of her weight on her hands, so she's kind of, her butt is floating above the toilet seat, and she just goes, shake, 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 and that's it. She shakes her butt, and that, that's it. And now, <laughs> Jeffrey Kunkel, you are not playing. Who taught you that? And so I immediately, after laughing, of course, because it is perfectly to the time the Shake Your Booty song, um, I don't, I just, I don't understand what is happening, what alternate reality I've become a part of, where my three-year-old is shaking her butt over the toilet after she peed to the tune of Shake Your Booty. I'm very confused and amused. I go into uh, our office where Aislinn is working on her uh, Crafty Veggie products, um, which she just recently got into a local artist collective, so she actually has a physical location where you can get some of her products if you are local in uh, Peppers in Seals Grove. Check it out. Uh, I'll link to the her Facebook page if I remember to do so where you can look at some of her products but I run in I'm like hey and tell her the story I just told you what 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 is happening and she's like I have absolutely no idea so then we see our, my parents coincidentally on Sunday and I'm just like hey I tell that story who taught her this and my parents have no idea. So, I'm assuming she did not see that on a cartoon, seeing as how either Aislinn or I watch 95% of the content she watches with her. I We have no idea. We have no idea. And perhaps it is some sort of cosmic coincidence that she said it, that she sang it to the tune and rhythm of Shake Your Booty, but I don't know. I, maybe that is just 
that song has is so infectious that it has become part of the DNA of a people. I don't know. But it was pretty pretty great. Pretty great. And that is part of the uh who taught you this game is how wonderful it is sometimes. And I'm sure it will take a turn at some point when she calls someone a cock gobbler or something. We'll f- we'll the game will take a turn somewhere. Oh man. Now I glazed over a few topics I wanted to go back and touch on and now I don't remember. Now I don't remember. Oh! Before I recorded this, I made a vet appointment for one of our dogs who... When you've had a lot of pets and in my time, in my 26 short years on this planet, I have had a lot of pets. Um, uh, Back when my parent, when I was young... My parents went through a phase that I am going through now, which is, we're adults, we can have as many pets as we want, which, of course, I took that to the nth degree now, where we have two dogs, four cats, three ferrets, um, we're looking at getting a snake, again, because I love snakes, she's not afraid of them, but she's not in love with them, I love, love, love snakes, um, and that's tough to explain to anyone who doesn't, it's tough to sell people who don't like snakes on snakes, so I'm not going to try. But a friend of ours who already had two uh, boa constrictors was kind of, he found himself with another one, a younger one, and uh, he wants to build an enclosure for us, and then he's going to let us have them. So you guys will be one of the first people to know when we get the snake. But right now we've got the three ferrets, which are, they are just goddamn great, but they are wild animals. Not that they're mean, they are the most, some of the most loving animals I've ever had, but they're destructive, and it is very difficult to break them of their digging habit, or instinct, rather, because animals don't have habits, they have instincts. Um, They will dig into anything. They will tear up carpet, they will tear apart chairs. Uh, furniture. They're very destructive. Don't let them run around. And also, they're not cage animals. They're not rodents. They're more closely related to cats. They need to run off their energy because they will get mean if you keep them in a cage like a hamster. That's not that's not correct care. Um, but they have they sleep like 16 hours a day, but when they when they are awake, they're just firecrackers of energy, and they're a lot of fun, but they can be unexpectedly destructive for their size, disproportionately destructive for their size, and also, I have heard that you can litter train a ferret, we have not managed to litter train a ferret, they will find, and they're so, they are good at getting in tiny places, so I'm sure after they're all long dead, we'll still be finding poop in corners that we didn't know. So, ferrets, I love them. I love them. But once these three expire, it will be a long time until we own another one. Just because we'll probably move into a house that we that doesn't have dig holes in the carpet or furniture that isn't torn apart on the inside. So, ferrets, love them. Love them. Where did I start? Oh, cats. We, we are cat people. Um, but 
once all our cats pass, which will be decades from now, <laughs> because we've got two very old cats, 13 and 14, but then we've got uh, like a three or four year old cat, no, no, it'll be like six, six or seven year old cat, and a less than one year old cat, so those two are going to be around forever, but cats, again, are great and loving if you raise, if you like really are cuddly with them when they're young but uh, once there's the chain of the downward spiral let's put it where if you move into a house where a cat peed not in a litter box even once the chain starts one cat finds it and pees on that spot and then if you have multiple cats there's just this never-ending lazy Susan of I have to pee on this spot and then, oh, that spot is too th too thoroughly saturated, I'm gonna find a new spot, and so cats, their their marking instinct is just it's it's that downside of a cat and I've discussed with other people who have uh, who have way too many cats, let's be honest that if cats were never a kitten, no one would own cats, because kittens are the best. They're spastic, they're loving, they're just, they're the best. When they bite you, it doesn't hurt. It just, it's like, it just pricks. They're awesome. But then they all grow up into these gigantic, cantankerous monster cats that we've got, our cat Lola is like 22 pounds of fat black cat and we love her to death and she actually isn't one of the it's the two older cats that, that she was the three year or the six seven year old <clears throat> pardon me it's the two older cats that really pee on the most and they weren't raised by us they were raised uh, one well one was raised by Aislinn's parents but it was her cat his name is Chester he's deaf he had his penis removed because he got kidney stones too often He's just cranky all of the time. And then we have Kitty. I know, great name, right? But we didn't name her. She belonged to Aislinn's grandfather, who now is in an assisted living facility. So when we got, when we, when he went there, we took in his two pets to a, both 13 or 14 years old, a Shih Tzu, which is not a cat, and a Lilac Point Siamese, which is a beautiful cat, but she's very old and very needy and does, and absolutely despises Chester, the other old cat. So if they run into each other in our house, they will have a declawed cat-cat fight because, again, we don't get our cats declawed because the declawing process involves grinding off the tips of their toes, and we don't like that. But these two older cats who we kind of were inherited, they are both the clawed, so they just have the the declawed cat fight battle royale and punch each other to the so hard until one of them shits, literally shits, and then runs away. So if we see cat hair and cat shit in the middle of the floor, we know a fight went down. Uh so yeah, that's uh fucking, where, how did I start, oh, well, I, I went to tell a story about the vet, 
and now I've just gone into breaking down our entire uh, pet history. Well, why not? Why not? If you're listening to this, you're liking it, so I hear. So then that leaves us with two dogs. One, Jill, again, Aeson's parents' pet. Uh, but we love her. She's a completely different dog than when she lived with Aeson's parents because Aeson's parents couldn't... She's a Jack Russell pug mix. They were not prepared for the amount of energy that dog puts out. Nowadays, she's a lazy lump, and we love her. She's just a cuddle monster. But back when we first adopted her, she just she was completely manic all the time. Uh, when she'd get too... Uh, too uh, energetic they would call her bad and they'd put her in a kennel because they just didn't have the energy to take care of a dog like that so the one day the dog the poor dog is just sitting in the kennel making sad eyes and it's awful and we're like why why is she locked up and they're like we just can't handle her so Ace and I kind of go off into a side room and I'm like I know that it's a big commitment and we've got like cats already because we, ha- we had taken uh, Lola, the fat black cat, and Chester at that point. Uh, the fat white cat. And I was like, but that dog, that dog is just being tortured here. And your parents just can't handle it. And Aislinn being the pet lover that she is, and I am, because we're total saps for animals. As you can tell for how many we've taken in. <coughs> Pardon. That we're just like, yeah, we're taking her. We're, and we asked, we're like, hey, you know, we don't want to be rude, but we have the yard for this dog and the time. Can we, you know, let's take her. And so we took Jill, and it, after, over about a two-year period, she really transitioned into a great little dog. Um, she still steals people food, and she eats cat poop, but she's really loving and she's really calm. But as soon as you want to play, that energy comes right back. It's great. Um, yes, but we uh, we we just we are addicted to saving pets. Uh, and oh, that, our youngest cat I never mentioned, Rosie, came in in the undercarriage of a car at my dad's auto body shop, just clinging to the. Uh, to the axle, I believe, and this kitten had to be, she, she couldn't have weaned more than, like, two weeks after she ended up under this car, and the car had been all over Seals Grove, so we had no way of knowing where the cat came from, but she was terrified and filthy, and she just, it just, uh, and my dad also is a total sap for rescuing animals, particularly cats. But he's tragically got an allergy that makes him stuffed up and sneezy. Two cats. So he tried to keep her as a garage cat for about two weeks until the point where he had to take allergy medication to be at work. And we're like, hey, as we actually, our house is attached to the office for his auto body shop. We're like, hey, how about we just take her upstairs for a little bit? She can still be your cat, but, you know, we'll just we'll get her out of the office. And Aislinn and I instantly imprinted on this cat. It is great. I mean, it's a kitten, so it's still an asshole here and there and scratches up furniture. But this is the first cat that she and I, it's our cat. 
Lola was bought by her parents, and then we stole her pretty early. Chester, bought by Aislinn's parents, then we took with her when we moved. Kitty was her grandparents, so Rosie, which we had already sworn a blood oath to never take in another cat until all of our cats had passed away. And obviously, oaths mean nothing to us because we could not give this cat up if we tried now. So Rosie is a permanent part of the family. Now, let's see. To the dog I was... I started this conversation about. Jake. Jake... I love Jake, but I didn't ask for Jake. We were asked to take him. He's very old. He can barely see. He is a breed that needs constant grooming, which I don't recommend. We've ne- I have never in my life had a dog like that that needed to have a haircut monthly to just be a functioning animal. So... This, there's a lot of resentment towards Jake because he also had a urethral reroute because he had kidney stones. So he doesn't have very good control of his bladder. So he often pees on the carpet and does not tell us he needs to. And he has to have wet food. That's also a thing with Chester. Uh, Animals who are prone to kidney stones, it's because they're not getting enough something and you have to give them wet food, which is disgusting and expensive. So both he and Chester have to eat wet food, which is gross, and he's got fucking long face hair, so he's got a crust beard of wet dog, of dried wet dog food, and he's just... And he also has a habit of walking up to people and licking their legs. And I love Jake, but I hate Jake. And... Oh, I had started with the line, when you've had a lot of pets, when you've had a lot of pets, you get a sixth sense to, oh, they're showing the signs that they're not going to be around very long. And some pets I've been like, oh, that pet has a week, or that pet has 24 hours, and it's gone. It's just, it's going to be dead. And I've gotten pretty good at it. Yesterday morning, Jake's legs weren't working so good, and it wasn't. It didn't look like it's stiff. It looks like there might be some sort of nerve issue because his legs just. And I I say that because his tail, which is commonly curled up behind him, uh, like a pug or a husky, is just limp, just completely limp. And his one leg is also is totally stiff, and the other one is not working. I'm like, oh, man. And, like, he's feeble as is, but he's been feeble. And, like, I love to hate on this dog. I love to just curse at him and call him awful because he doesn't understand. And I still pet him and love him. But he's kind of been a punching bag verbally just because that's therapeutic. And I don't mean any of it. But this, but yesterday morning when he was, like, you could tell something was up. That was when I knew I actually still loved that dog. Because I was like, oh, I have genuine concern for this animal who is nothing but a nuisance to us. Absolutely nothing but a nuisance. A dog that, if you don't get his hair cut, his butt 
will has hair gets so long that his poop gets caught on it and his butt gets plugged if you're not right on top of him all the time. And this just this animal that shouldn't exist that would not survive on its own. I when I saw him having trouble walking, I was like I genuinely have concern for this animal and despite him just in being only a nuisance I did love him so I called the vet this morning fortunately fortunately we are given um where uh Aislinn's grandfather is quote unquote paying us to watch his pets and that's more just because you know he's got he sold his house he's living in an assisted living facility He's got, I'm not going to say a ton of money, but a, a significant chunk of money that, granted, is slowly dwindling due to the cost of his li- living, but he he loves his animals. He wants to make sure he's taking care of them, so he sends us checks. So, fortunately, when we take Jake to the vet, it won't be out of our pocket. It'll be out of his, and that's fine. So, we're taking him to the vet ASAP. Hopefully, I have good news for you on Friday. Um, if not... Uh, the vet- veterinary hospital that we go to has a great cremation program. Uh, you can spend a little extra. They put the ashes in a, a ornate box and they take a paw print imprint on clay uh, with the animal's name on it. So basically right now we're just we're up in the air. We knew Jake wasn't long for this world because he just wasn't. So we're up in the air as to how long. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, it will be sad. It will be very sad. But it will also be a relief because he is nothing but a chore. But a chore we love to do. Um, yeah. Before I became a graphic designer, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Uh, and I still... And it's more... And it turned out that you need to... <laughs> do more than just love animals to be a veterinarian. You have to go through a lot of very boring, very difficult schooling. Um, and I love biology, but it turns out I love high school biology, which is more just the bare bones of everything. And then as soon as you start delving deeper, it, while still remaining interesting, is very hard to be motivated to learn. Um, I like bi- biology as presented via cracked articles like look at this crazy bug oh man that is a crazy bug that's awesome and I know how basic cellular biology works but once you get into like college level cellular biology while still very interesting it's very tough to like commit to memory and like basically my memory of cellular biology boils down to mitochondria have the same DNA as your mother's mitochondria and not the same DNA as you. Interesting, right? Uh, but that's about it. I remember like key terms, but not what they mean. As with a lot of high school, as it turns out, uh, you, you remember the bare bones, and if you go look it up, you're like, I kind of remember that, but all of my uh, physics formulas are just gone. They're just gone. Oh, wow. I spent a lot more time talking about my pets than I intended. Shoot, I haven't even gotten to my list yet, and I'm nearly at work. Let's pull out the old list. 
the old list. Bip, bip, bip. No, I do not have time for that one. Ah, okay. Well, there. This is in, in line with what we're talking about. Biology. Like, okay, I said I don't remember a lot. I don't remember a lot of specifics, as it turns out, because I do remember things that other people apparently didn't commit to memory. Like, a lot of just... Uh, anatomy kind of anatomy and human physiology kind of stuff and I've found myself accidentally shaming people for not knowing things about their own body um, because it's something I assume is common knowledge and I react incredibly my okay story time we're hanging out in the lobby at Pentec um, this is back when I'm not taking online classes. I'm going to actual physical classrooms with a bunch of my friends, and there are people all around. And this was when Aislinn is pregnant, and I'm just talking about it, you know, candidly. And one of my friends, a girl, asks, "Are you afraid to have sex with your wife that your penis might poke the baby?" And which I've learned is a completely innocent question. Completely innocent question. My reaction was, Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm like, no, of course not. That's just stupid. That's just stupid. That's not even physically possible. There's the uterus and the uh, cervix in between. Not even going to happen. What the hell's wrong with you? Uh, in fr- and I have this reaction. She asks this question somewhat sheepishly probably not knowing that she doesn't know a lot about this subject and my gut reaction is to berate this poor girl for not knowing that (laughs) and um, I did apologize later but I had this reaction in front of like five or ten friends of ours and then like about 15 additional people just around the lobby And (laughs) things like that have happened before. Um, We'll say just... uh, And this isn't so much biology as... I got dad mad at somebody the other day. And uh, you all know who they are via the Popular Outcast podcast, so I'm not going to let you know. But they were having a pregnancy scare with their girlfriend. And... I'm and they're they're kind of like oh man I don't know I don't know she could just be late because she's uh, very stressed and I was like oh get a pregnancy test just you know nip that one in the butt just take care of it you better you got figure it out uh, then just stop worrying about it and they're like yeah yeah that's probably for the best and a, like a week or so passes and it came up again. And I was like, oh, hey, how did that, how did that pregnancy test turn out? And the, and the reaction is, oh, I just, I just haven't done it yet. I'm just so scared to find out, you know. Maybe it's better not to find out. And I got, for one of the first times in my life, dad mad. And that is this, you genuinely care for this person, and they're being a dumbass. And you are like, what the fuck? And you just, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You go to Walmart right now, you get a fucking pregnancy test, and you figure out if your fucking girlfriend is fucking pregnant. What the fuck? And 
this is in a group chat with a bunch of people, uh, Mike and Bill included, and Bill is right on board with me. Like, dude, figure it out. It's always better to know. Um, if they're not pregnant, you know, congratulations. Balloons drop from the ceiling. If she is pregnant, you now know, and you can start planning accordingly. And Mike Bennett chimes in, ever the voice of wisdom, is like, and is like, I'm sorry, Mike, that, that was cruel. Um, he was just voicing his opinion on he understands fear. But I read it as him encouraging this person to embrace the just not knowing. And since later conversation, I know that this is not what Mike Bennett was saying. But that's how I reacted to it. And Mike is like, well, I understand how you feel. You know, sometimes the fear of the bad answer is worse than the actual bad answer. I was like, no, no, it fucking isn't. Because with pregnancy, there are fucking stages. And the earlier you catch it, the earlier you can prepare. Like, if she has a fucking drink in a week, this could really fuck things up if she's pregnant. Or if you guys want to terminate, you've got to figure that out soon. Because that's important. And I'm not... And I... I'm not against abortion because you know I you people who who know me know I'm an atheist, and it's just a group of cells. Whatever, it's just deal with it. Um, not not here to argue that. Um, but I'm not I'm not going to push it on anyone. I understand it's a big decision. Uh, I'm for it, but I'm not for making light of it. Let's let's just put it that way. Anyway. And I was like, you've got to know. You've got to know. So if you don't have health insurance, you can get assistance. You need to figure this out right the fuck now. This is a huge thing. Parenthood is great. Unplanned parenthood can just leave you with spite and hate towards this child. And you don't want that at all. Because being a parent is great. It sucks a lot too. But it is... (laughs) <laughs> the uh, the positives outweigh the negatives and if you if you have resentment your negatives are going to outweigh the positives which is an awful thing and that's awful to do to a child you're going to you're just going to you're going to end up raising an asshole if you just if you end up with a with an accidental kid in an in a young relationship so Yes, I got dad mad, and it was all because I care for these people. I love them as friends, and I saw them doing something that just infuriated me. And, uh, yes, you can see I I have a passion when it comes to certain things. I've never gotten so mad at someone that I actually yelled at them in person. Uh, I've never struck anyone in anger. Um, but... I will get very heated via text message sometimes. Ah, <laughs> oh, god damn it. That, that was one of the worst sentences ever uttered by a human being. Sometimes I get very heated during text message conversations. Um, along the lines of planned versus unplanned pregnancy, um, we had Morgan, people ask the very loaded question of was she planned? And I don't know what people are getting and what they want to hear. If do they want to be like, no, my child was a mistake or or what exactly? Because it's always a certain kind of person who asks, was she planned? It's not a cool person. Let's just put it that way. 
but my initial answer is always no, and then I always get from them the ah oh oh your child oh child's a mistake you just said that and I'm like no no there's a difference between a mistake and what happened with us Asa and I were all we were using she was using birth control pills. And, oh, there's somebody stopping traffic for some reason. Oh, big truck pulling out. Okay, sorry. Asa was on birth control pills, and we were married, and we're, and she's like, we had a heart-to-heart. Asa wants to have a baby, and I'm like, you know what? I'm all right with it. Well, okay, no, I was like, we don't have the money or the time or anything like that. Uh, and she, her rebuttal was, no one ever does. Okay, now they're unblocking traffic. Freaking big trucks. Um, that truck, four times bigger than the truck that had a backup beeper at the gas station, by the way. So, her her argument was, no one is ever ready in their mind. So, we either do this now, or basically we just put it off until we're financially secure and we ha- and our chances of having birth complications are astronomically higher. And... All in all, she went out, and we decided to go off birth control. Okay, well, this was our compromise. We weren't going to try. We weren't going to, like, read the phases of the moon and eat food that would make her more fertile or anything. We would just let nature take its course. We We would go off birth control completely aware as two adults as what might happen if we do. About a month and a half later, it happened. So, people who... So, we did not have a planned pregnancy. We actively allowed a pregnancy to happen. So, Morgan, since I've already established that you are listening to this episode in the distant future, you were not a mistake. You just weren't planned. And you were a surprise, which is great. You were... So, there you go. Uh, which I honestly, but it's kind of, that's life, right? There are people who try, who actively try for years. And we're just like, well, it might, it, it's going to change our lives forever. And, you know, maybe we want to party some more. But, you know, if it happens, it happens. A month and a half. And according to Morgan's due date, we're pretty sure she was conceived on St. Patrick's Day. Which... Knowing the year that she was conceived in, I'm pretty sure it was in our yard. So, that's awesome. Uh, fuck. Well, okay, Morgan, you didn't need to know that. Uh, dear distant future Morgan. But you do now. Um, and I'm decided that I'm going to be... Well, I'm not going to be any different with my daughter than I am with anyone else. I'm a very candid person. I'm an open book. No real secrets here. Wow. That was a interesting episode that went places I didn't intend it to. But, whatever. Less, such is Jeff in motion. Jeff in motion. Raw. Uncut. Uh, uh, about to make a circumcision joke there. Um, but... <laughs> oh, God. Um, for Since we are in a m- moment of oversharing, um, I am uncircumcised. Uh, I did not know that, though because uh, my wife told me I was uncircumcised. Uh, So that is something for you all to know. 
And that is because I never thought to ask my parents, and I didn't look at a whole lot of dicks. Um, granted, there were dicks in porn, but an erect penis looks relatively the same circumcised or uncircumcised. It's unerect that you can really tell the difference. And uh, I've since had this conversation with other guys of my age, and apparently, guys in sports see dicks all the time because they all knew. And apparently, circumcised versus uncircumcised was a big, like, source of shame. And I don't understand why it would be shameful to not have part of your dick cut off as an infant, but that's just me. Uh, and also, since it's not the Dark Ages, it's not really necessary. People's dicks aren't falling off because they don't clean them anymore because we have hot running water everywhere. This, you know, there's some things that are great about the United States. One of them is we've got clean water and showers, so we don't need to cut parts of our dick off so our kids' dicks don't fall off. And on that note, I am at work, and, well, let me know. Let me know about this episode, because shit... If this is the rate that this is going, that where I just share more and more each time, who fucking knows where we'll be in a month or two. Alright, now it's time to take the cover picture. You can see my unshaven, round, fat face. Alright, I'll leave my sunglasses on. Wait, 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 alright. <clears throat> I've got a nice Superman curl going in my hair. I like that. Beautiful. Well, not really. But people tell me. Wish me luck with that uh, whole dead dog thing. Or old dog thing. See you guys Friday. Fuck! I signed off again without actually being in the app for... Shit. Okay. <clears throat> uh. Happy Friday.